Welcome to the Power of the Cross with special guest Mike Davis, part two. He picked me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock to stay and established my goings in the paths of righteousness and holiness and godliness. He put a new song in my heart. I said he put a new song in my heart. I said he put a new song in my heart. One more time. I said he put a new song in my heart. Did he put a new song in your heart? What is that song? What does the Bible say? Even praise unto my God. Lift up holy hands. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. His court. The Holy Ghost is going to move when you praise him and worship him in spirit and in truth. Reason some people can't praise him. They ain't living the life they ought to live. They're not faithful. They're not walking in the word. And that's why they don't have any joy. That's why they don't have any victory. But if you're saved, you're a child of God. Don't you let the devil rob your joy and your praise. I don't care if it's one or two in the house of God. You're just getting in practice. When you get to heaven, that's what you're going to (laughs) do. If you believe, you give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I don't know why I said all that. Going on to my next point. The Bible said that there's going to be a renewed interest in the nation of Israel in the last days. How many of you have been watching the news lately? I said, how many of you have been watching what's going on in the Middle East lately? Joel 3 and 2, I will also gather all nations, bring them down in the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will plead with them there for my people. My heritage Israel, whom they scattered among the nations, listen now, and parted my land. The renewed interest in Israel in these last days is a sign we're living on the verge of the coming of the Lord. The founding of Israel in 1948 is itself but a fulfillment of prophecy. Joel described Israel as the fig tree. He said, in Joel, they have barked or skint my fig tree in speaking of the enemy that would come against Israel. He said, your fathers were the first fruits in my fig tree. Jesus said, what? Coinciding with the signs of the last days, false Christ, wars, earthquakes, famines, all these things. What would be the key, what would be the key sign that would coincide with these signs proving that we were the last generation. He said, when you see the budding of the fig tree, who is the fig tree? You use, you use the order of first, first mention in Scripture. Joel, your fathers were the first fruits in my fig tree. He said, when you see the budding of the fig tree, know that summer is nigh, and that my coming is near, even at the door. And he said, the generation, listen now, that sees this come to pass will not pass away. Somebody said, what is really a generation? Well, I don't know for sure how long a generation lasts. There's some reference in Psalms that a man's generation, his years are 70 years and 80 by strength. So you figure it out, 1948, 70 to 80 years by strength. What does that come out to? 
friend, we're living in the last days since 1948. That was the number one sign that Jesus was coming soon. Now Israel is beginning to bud like a rose. The Bible tells us that the land that was barren and waste shall begin to bud like a rose. Cities that were uninhabited shall become inhabited in the last days. And all the eyes of the world will turn toward Israel in these last days. Number three, the Bible tells us that there would be a rapid preparation of war. Jesus said, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. These are the beginning of sorrows. Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 mentions a coalition of nations that will come against Israel in the last days. You read it for yourself. I don't have time to go into all of it, but you read it for yourself in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Russia is the king of the north, the land to the uttermost north. It names the nations that will come with Russia. One of them is Persia, which today is modern-day Iran. It talks about Togomar. It talks about Libya. It talks about uh, nations in Africa that will gather together, and they'll all have a coalition with Russia. Isn't it amazing that just a few weeks ago I saw on TV the Russian leader, Vladimir Putin, standing there holding hands with the leader of Iran, who is Persia, biblically speaking, Persia, and Turkey, the leader of Turkey. And the other day I heard that he went to Africa and met with some of those nations down there and signed a coalition. And by the way, the Bible said in Ezekiel 38 and 39 that one day this coalition would try to attack Israel and invade Israel in the mountains of Israel. Now, isn't that something? Because the other day I heard that this coalition is now moving into Syria. Russia is now setting up bases in Syria along the Golan Heights, which is the mountains of Israel. You say, what's this significance? Because they're going to invade and attack Israel. They're going to come as a cloud to cover the land. They're invading Syria now, but they're getting ready. An evil thought is coming into their mind, and they're preparing to attack Israel, the apple of God's eye. All nations will come against Israel, the Bible said. On the Golan Heights, what does that mean? What significance is that? Because that's where the mountains of Israel are, and this is why it's significant because they're coming to destroy Israel, to take a spoil in the land. But the Bible said God's going to intervene supernaturally. Ooh, I, my Lord, I just felt something from the top of my head and the tips of my toes. Hallelujah. And God is going to push them back himself supernaturally. God's going to leave the carcasses of these Nations laying on where? The Golan Heights and the mountains of Israel. My God, hallelujah. I thought about that and I said, well, thank God. But you know what? That clicked something in my spirit. Hey, we're the children of God too. Can somebody say amen? amen. <laughs> Ooh. Now listen, the devil is going to attack you. I told you that. 
But greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And if God will do that for his people, Israel, what will he do for us right now? Because we're the heirs with God and the joint heirs with Jesus Christ. How many of you know you're a child of God? You can square your shoulders. You can hold your head up. Don't let the devil drag you down. My God, hold your head up and say, I'm saved by the grace of God. On my way to glory, I'm a child of God, and I've got the victory in Jesus' name. If you believe that, wave your hands at the Lord and tell him that you love him with all your heart. Then the Bible said, there's going to be talk of peace and safety. How many of you remember in Scripture when it talked about a covenant or an agreement, a peace treaty being signed between the Antichrist and Israel and the Arab nations? The Bible tells us that that's going to happen in, during the tribulation period. But at the beginning, there's going to be an agreement, a peace treaty. What are they talking about in the news right now? A peace treaty being signed between Israel and their, and their enemies. And the political leaders of the world are gathering together to try to get that agreement worked out. I believe that we're seeing the foreshadow of that right now. And I believe after the rapture, the Antichrist is going to come forth. And he's going to step in and he's going to confirm that peace treaty and that covenant. He's going to promise to protect the Jews, to take care of them, allow them to be rebuild their new or their temple the third temple to worship god as they did in old testament times but in the middle of that tribulation he's going to desecrate that temple and judgment's going to fall now friend right now they have the material ready to go they have the priestly garments they have all the utensils to be used to offer up sacrifices and even now they're beginning to offer up sacrifices uh lambs in Israel, and now, right now, they have it red heifers ready to go, hallelujah, for the dedication of the temple. Now, these are just a few things. You can read about them in the Old Testament, but they are significant because it has to do with the rebuilding of the third temple. And, friend, that is the exact temple that's going to be here during the tribulation. My God, if they're already talking about it, and they already have the material, and they're ready to start, how much, how close are we to the rapture of the church? Ooh, Jesus is coming soon. Last but not least, there's going to be a falling away. I guess this is probably what stirred me the most because the Bible said that there would be signs in the heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, on the earth, the stress of nations, people in perplexity, and Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, your redemption draws nigh. And he was talking about the rapture and the coming of the Lord. Luke 21, 36 said, watch and pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape all of these things, the great tribulation. I believe in the pre-trib rapture. I don't believe we're going to be here during the great tribulation period. I believe Revelation 3 and 10 said, if you keep the word of my patience, I will keep you from. And the Greek word ek is used, which means out of, not through, but out of that hour of tribulation that shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell on the earth. Jesus is coming. There's people today that mock the rapture, that scoff at the coming of the Lord, which is but itself a fulfillment of prophecy. 
They don't believe Jesus is coming. But his rapture is described in 1 Thessalonians 4. When the Bible said the Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ are going to rise, and we which are alive remain are going to be caught up. There it is, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Now that word rapture is not mentioned in the Bible, and a lot of people will try to use that. And they'll try to say, well, that proves there's no such thing as a rapture because the word rapture is not mentioned in the Bible. Well, the word for the meaning of the word rapture is, which means to be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. The word rapture is derived from the Greek and the Latin word harpazio or harpazo, excuse me, harpazo and rapio. And it simply means to be caught up quickly and to be snatched out. And that's exactly what's going to happen. The Bible said that we're going to be caught up. Listen, Jesus is coming whether you believe it or not. I said Jesus is coming whether we believe it or not. But I believe it. How about you? Thank you for listening to The Power of the Cross. We pray this message is a blessing to you. You can access our sermons at GrenadaChurch.com. We also ask you for your financial support in helping us reach the world with the gospel. You can donate to our ministry by secure means at GrenadaChurch.com and click Donate. Now, back to the message. But ready or not, he's coming. That's what the Bible said. Matthew 24 and 44, therefore, we better be ready. Because he's coming quickly. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man shall come. You read the parables and and all the examples given in Matthew 24 and 25 about the coming of the Lord and the rapture. It's describing the rapture. The Bible said in that time, it'll be like it was in the days of Noah. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. What? What does that mean? They were continuing on every day. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and he said, judgment's coming. And the people mocked at him. They'll come in the last days, scoffers, saying, where's the promise of his coming? All things continue on. Eat, drink, and be merry, as they did in the days of Noah. But suddenly, without warning, God said, enough is enough. And he crooked his finger, and he called Noah and his family up into the ark, and God shut the door. The Bible said in that day, there'll be two in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. There'll be two asleep. One will be taken and one will be left. There'll be two at work grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Now, what does that mean, Brother Mike? It means this. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord. Is going. But he that doeth the will of God. Hear what I'm saying. Broad and wide is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go therein. Straight and narrow is the way that leadeth to life. And few there be that find it. Now we're not saved by works. We're saved by his grace. Through faith. Not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not a works lest any man should boast. But what did the Bible say? After we're saved, we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And faith without works is dead. You see, I believe the rapture 
is for the faithful ones. Not just those that have a mouth profession. Jesus said, I told you and you believe not. And the reason you believe not is because you're not my sheep. Well, who are his sheep? My sheep hear my word. And they follow me and my word and my commands. And I give them eternal life. Jesus said, except you repent, you'll perish. What does that word repentance mean? Turn around. That's what Proverbs said. He that covereth his sins won't prosper. But he that confesseth and forsaketh his sins shall have mercy. That's why I said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if anybody be in Christ, they're a new creature. Ooh, you'll have a different walk. You'll have a different talk. You'll have a different life. You'll turn from the paths of darkness and unrighteousness to the paths of righteousness and holiness and godliness. You won't fulfill the works of the flesh. Paul said, I told you, if you fulfill the works of the flesh, you're not going to heaven. I witnessed to a man one time, and he told me, he said, well, I belong to certain or such and such church. He said, I'm a member. He said, I believe that you can do anything you want to do as long as you make a profession in Christ. I said, you mean to tell me you believe you can drink and and take drugs and and live an immoral lifestyle and you're going to heaven even though you name the name of Christ? He said, yeah. He said, I, I believe I'm saved by grace. <laughs> I said, I don't believe in greasy grace. <laughs> I said, Paul said, if you're really a Christian, you won't walk in the works of the flesh. For there manifest which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immolations, heresies, wrath, strife, seditions, envies, murders. And Paul said, I told you before, if you do those things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh and the affections there of honey you're not going to heaven if you love this world more than you love god that's why the bible said we've got to uh we've got to crucify the flesh amen we've got to be an overcomer over the world the flesh and the devil and through and by his power his blood his spirit his word we can be an overcomer praise god this world is not our home but i'm looking for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I said, I'm looking for that holy city coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride or dawn for her husband. Honey, pretty soon our fondest dreams are going to become reality. Just any moment now, the trump of God's going to sound, and we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And, oh, what a hallelujah time it's going to be. Praise God. You can have this world and all the things thereof. I just want more of Jesus. I said, I want to see Jesus. He's the one that loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past. Home at last. Ever to rejoice. My God, folks, this is reality. We're going to see him face to face and thank God he's worthy tonight because by his blood he has redeemed us out of every tongue 
kindred, people and nation. Lift your hands. Wave them at them. I'm almost through, so hang with me just a second. We go to heaven, we got to really be in Christ. That means you're going to live a changed life. There's going to be a difference in the life of the child of God and the life of the sinner. There just is, folks. Number two, if we're going to make it to heaven and be ready for the rapture, we got to be looking, looking under them that look for him. Don't tell me you're looking for him when you get more excited about a church chicken dinner than you do a revival. I know churches, you can have a church chicken a day for church chicken and, and a dinner on the ground, and they'll come out of the woods, people you ain't ever seen before. But today you put revival on a sign, right on by they keep hauling. Pass them on by. Jesus said, you need to get, eat the meat that I've got for you, this spiritual food. Hallelujah. Not just the meat that satisfies the flesh. My God, we need to be eating the word of God. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's the bread from heaven. It's the water that cleanseth. It's the mirror of God whereby we look in therein too and see our imperfections. Praise God. We need the word of God. Praise God. It's more precious than gold. Hallelujah. And the finest of gold. Thank God for the word of God. Hide it in your heart. Jesus said my people will hear my word and want my word. Thank God are you looking for him? If you're looking for him, you love church. You love the word. You love praying. You love seeking God. You love spiritual things. Amen. If you're looking for him, you'll crucify the flesh. The Bible said cleanse yourself. Now there's some things that the Lord will cleanse you of. But there's some things you need to, be, you need to cleanse yourself of. You say, is that possible? Yeah, that's what the Bible said. Cleanse yourself. Cleanse yourself of what? All filthiness of flesh and spirit. You got a free will. God gave it to you. You can choose. Cleanse yourself of filthiness of flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness. I know that word holiness ain't popular. But how many of you know without holiness, no man shall see the Lord? I said without holiness, no man shall shall see the Lord. Now, there used to be a time when some people thought holiness was how long a woman wore hair or whether or not she had a little ear bob on or whether she wore a dress or didn't wear a long dress. And I seen some of them women. They'd come in the back door and their hair dragged the floor and then their gown would too and their tongue was just as long and it wrapped around the church four or five times like bob wire cutting people upside one side and down the other i've seen some of them holy people that claim to be holy in our churches religious and the first time the preacher says something they don't like they're ready to get up a bandwagon in a committee and crucify him and run him off i've seen some of those pharisees i've dealt with them God delivered me from pastoring right now anyway, brother. I could name some names, and I'd like to send them a thank you letter to <laughs> My wife's squirming around. Oh, she's getting kind of nervous. <laughs> Praise God. That's all right. Let's get a little stuff off our chest. God didn't call any board of any church or any church council to run the pastor if that pastor's preaching the word there ain't no moral charges against him 
He may not be the best pastor you think he ought to be, but if he's preaching the word and doing the best he can, you better not come against God's prophet. You're going to pay the price down the road. I'm telling you right now, God didn't call anybody in the church to be the church boss. And I don't know anything about anybody. Your pastor ain't said a word to me about nothing. He just talks about how good you folks are. And I'm not, I promise you, I'm not picking on you. I'm talking about the churches in general. But if the shoe fits, put it on and wear it. Amen. I won't back down from saying it. If it don't fit, don't worry about it. Just pitch it off to the side. Praise God. If it does, you better do something about it. Hallelujah. Praise God. You follow me as I follow Christ. As I preach the word of God, amen, obey the doctrines of God. Praise God. How many of you love God's word? Can you lift your hands and say praise the Lord? Hebrews 12 and 1, lay aside every weight. Things you got to do. And the sin that does so easily beset you. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Because, friend, I'm going to tell you, these people sitting in churches, they're going to miss the rapture. Lay aside these sin that does so easily beset you and run with patience the race that is set before you looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Number three, be an overcomer. Be an overcomer over the world, the flesh, and the devil. You can through and by Jesus. And last but not least, keep your lamps trimmed and burning. I'll close with this example. Would you stand with me? Thank you for your time tonight. I trust and hope that you've received something from the Lord and that God's word has blessed you. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 25, verse the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took no oil with them on their journey. Five of them that were wise and they took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they slumbered and slumbered. You would have to know the tradition, village, the tradition of the wedding.
time ago, a Roman jailer asked the important question to the Apostle Paul, What must I do to be saved? Paul's answer was immediate and to the point. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. We have to realize that our sin separates us from God. And the Bible teaches us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what did God do about this? He made it simple. Scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you'll just take a moment and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Accept him as your Savior, resolve in your mind to make him Lord of your life, and follow him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength as long as you live. If you've made a decision for Christ today, we would love to hear from you and send you a free Bible. Send us a message to info at GrenadaChurch.com. Thank you once again for listening to The Power of the Cross. If you have prayer requests, questions, or comments, email us at radio at GrenadaChurch.com or send them to the Lighthouse at P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. That's P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. God bless you and have a wonderful week.